0: Hey, it's your Kali. What's up?
1: up? Hey, y'all. What's up? You're about to listen to facts, stories, interviews, gossip, live music, booty bump beats, and much more fascinating things that will be so stunning, there's a possibility that your mind will blow.
2: This show will start...
1: Hey y'all, what is up? Ew. You are listening to WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpin' Radio, broadcasting live from Studio Y, Yolokali in Little Village. My name is Emmanuel, and I will be with you with this spectacular hour all about the Chicago Humanities Festival. Woo! Hey! So let's just jump right in. So what the Chicago Humanities Festival is, as said by them themselves, is for 30 years, the Chicago Humanities Festival has brought compelling speakers and thoughtful programming to Chicago. Our hope is that you leave festival programs transformed with new insights and perspectives that change how you see yourself, your community, and our world this year, it's all about power. Mm -hmm. And they were not kidding about that. Because five amazing YOLOs this year, in the past, I would say two, three months, have gone to the Chicago Humanities Festivals and interviewed five amazing, spectacular artists, authors, young people, people that just make the world so much better. And we're just going to start off right now. We have our first guest with us here. Hello. Hi. So you are one of the five amazing YOLO students that went out to the festivals and interviewed somebody spectacular. So let's just get into that. Yeah, so could you sure. just start by telling me your name and age?
3: So my name is Camila Reese and I'm 16 years old.
1: And could you tell me the person you interviewed? Maybe a little bio and a taste of who they are.
3: I interviewed Seth Cohen. He's like this amazing Amazing, like fashion designer slash icon. He's like such a cool person. Like his work is so authentic. It's just really out there. You get me? It's very unique. I've never seen anything like it.
1: That's awesome. And from a scale from stale to juicy, how would you describe them?
3: I would say they're so juicy. Like he came in funny. with like, you know, with his hat, his suit. Like he had a pink bow tie, the outfits. Hey, oh,
1: fits on fleek. Yes, he and, was busted. And could you tell me um, the experience of when you met them?
3: So when I met him, he was, like, with his wife and stuff, and she's, like, such a doll. She's, like, she wears, like, the coolest hats ever. Like, she mentioned how hats are her thing, and her hats, like, the one she was wearing was, like, red, and it was, like, really, like, out there. Her necklace was amazing. Her bodysuit was so cool. And then, Ari, like, I saw him. He was a lot taller in person than I anticipated, but he was wearing like a hat he was wearing a suit he had a pink bow tie you know they were serving looks they were serving looks and i just like
1: megalaho
3: yeah like i enjoyed it so much like there's such amazing people to talk to
1: that's awesome and what what was the most important part about the experience for you
3: um, really, like, I've never really done many interviews. Like, I've done interviews with like close friends and stuff, like, or with classmates, but this one, it was like a very like professional, I guess you can say. Mm-hmm. Like, I got to interview someone who's like very impactful, very well known. It was like I was interviewing a celebrity, and it <laughs> was like so cool. It was a really good experience. Right.
1: It's like E.T. who, Vogue who, now it's all about what's up.
3: Yeah, <laughs> like it was such a great experience, like what to remember for sure.
1: That's amazing. Well, I am so pumped and excited to listen to the amazing interview you did with Ari. So let's just jump right into it. And don't forget to stay tuned for four other amazing interviews right after.
4: Enjoy. Yeah,
5: my name is Ari Seth
4: Cohen. And my name is Judith Boyd.
3: And the first question is, as a designer, who do you hope to influence?
4: Mm. I'm not a designer, um, so I I can't speak to that part of it. I see my outfits as art, and so in a way, uh, putting together an outfit is a design. Um, and who I hope to influence, well, people of all ages, but I also want to give older people who um, experience ageism, um, inspiration that we can do what we want to do at any age.
5: Yeah, and I'm a photographer, and um, my whole project is to change people's ideas about getting older and showing that it's not something that should be feared, and it's something that we should look forward to. So I we're very similar in the fact that we want to hopefully reach people of all ages to be more comfortable with being who they are inside
3: and who is
4: your fashion icon
5: I would say one of my fashion icons is sitting right next to me (laughs) Judith Boyd
4: that's sweet Ari uh um my fashion icon is Isabella Blow um I don't know if you know who she is, but she wore hats for, I'm a hat person, and I'm very into millinery, and uh, she wore hats um, for Philip Tracy, who is a famous hat designer, besides Ari, of course.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And what are your opinions on the fashion community today?
5: You know, we really consider ourselves more interested in style than the, the fashion industry itself. But we're hoping that more people are turning away from fast fashion because, you know, there's so many destructive things that happen with the production of clothing when like uh, those huge companies. And so we always try to encourage people to look for vintage and shop at thrift stores and, you know, kind of share things between friends. It's something that will help our environment and something that's like creative and fun.
4: Yes, and that's my mission as well. Uh, part of my mission is to um, show that you can, you don't have to spend a lot of money to put together an outfit. You can go to a thrift shop. I tend to go to estate sales in Denver because that's where I like to shop. And it's not just the clothes, it's the people that are there. There's, it's like a, a subculture. But I'm also concerned that the fashion industry does not diverse in terms of who models the clothing and in terms of inclusion. I think it's a very important that we push for inclusion. And that always includes age. Mm-hmm.
3: And how has fashion influenced you?
5: Well, I've always loved clothing since I was really young. And it was, first of all, a way for me to connect with my grandmother, who was my best friend. And I remember just going through her closet and kind of thinking about where she'd worn certain things and trying on my grandfather's clothing. So for me, fashion has really been about personal expression. It's been about something very personal to me and kind of gave me a sense of identity when I felt very different from everyone else who was in school with me.
4: I wasn't involved in the fashion world um, as a career. I was a psychiatric nurse. Um, But I always dressed up for work. And I have been known to change jobs when I was not allowed to wear a hat. As a nurse, I could find a job anywhere. (laughs) So what it has done for me, uh, I feel that it provides art. And um, it's meditative.
3: And how did you begin to kind of make a name for yourself?
5: If I made a name for myself, it was because I did something that was very authentic Or to the things that I've always loved. And uh, it's because I wasn't trying to make a name for myself. I was doing something that was very personal to me. And because it was something that was so personal, it was something I was very passionate about sharing. And then a lot of it was hard work, but a lot of it was luck. And the fact that it was good timing because I started a project about older people and showing them in a different way that they'd been shown before right around the time that the baby boomers and older people were becoming the biggest segment of the population. And so I think things were starting to shift and people who were older really wanted to be able to share their voices and their expression. And I was sort of providing a platform for
4: that it's an interesting question because i don't really see myself as um how did you state it again how did i make a name for, uh, name for myself but you I was have at, um, yeah. accidentally because i started blogging around the time that my husband was dying and uh, he was my first photographer i started in 2010 which ari uh, was one of the inspirations for me to start doing that because he was showing pe- older people dressing up and uh, i love to do that so i did and So it came out of loss. My -hmm. my blog came out of loss, and later my Instagram was an extension of that. It was accidental and, as you say, a lot of luck. And Ari gave me courage not just to start my blog, but also when he photographed me, he gave me an opening into the world that we exist in now.
5: It's because of her generosity, really. And if people really respond to um, her generosity of spirit, I'd say.
3: And what's a fashion trend that you love right now?
5: Oh, I, we're both going to be very similar on this one. We don't really pay attention to, to fashion trends, although I look at the runways because I think it's fun, and I love how Marc Jacobs has kind of been returning to kind of more over the top, ex- expressive clothing. But I always just appreciate people who are individuals and who aren't following trends. You know, people who have developed their style through uh, their own personal interests and how it's like truly an expression of themselves. So. I think it's uh, trends are a very dangerous thing because they kind of make people all look the <laughs> same. And really, I think style should be about being who you are.
4: Yes, I'm pretty much on the same page. I don't follow trends either. But sometimes I see if I see somebody on the street wearing something that I guess is a trend, and then I go to my vintage collection and I can find something there that was worn before. <laughs> So yeah. in that way it's fun and maybe stimulates my curiosity find f- something from another era because it seems like everything is repeated in yeah. a way. Yeah.
5: Everything's recycled yeah. and right now it's the, all about the 90s and I mean I love the 90s and and in a lot of you know I was watching friends the other day and I was like Like, people are dressing like that now. I don't really understand necessarily the biker short thing. Can you explain that one to me? That
3: kind of goes back to, like, my my next question is, what is a trend that you wish everyone would ditch or just, like, throw away that you're not a fan of? Uh, You
5: know, I I never like to say anything negative, but I do, like, lament the fact that people are becoming more and more casual. You know, like... Like biker shorts, and you know, <laughs> is the new yoga pants. I'd say, but um, I just loved, you know, as a kid, looking through my grandmother's scrapbooks and seeing these men and women like all dressed up in the '30s and '40s and '50s. And um, yeah, I I, I I just love um, I love dressing up, and I love seeing people who take joy in that. So uh, I'm sure you, you, there's some things you might not love. Um. <laughs>
4: I'm trying to think of a trend that I but since I don't know what the trends are it's hard for me to answer that question but I um, But you were,
5: I mean you you do yoga and you wear you could some
4: examples. Oh, yeah. Yeah, why? Please.
3: Um, um for example colored camouflage pants are in. Hmm. Cargo
4: color. Oh. Um camouflage. That would be fun pants. to wear. I I I'm very experimental. Yeah.
6: Um,
4: but I didn't realize that that was a trend but when you say I'm I'm also a yogi so mm-hmm. um I do get dressed for yoga, and um, then I kind of put on a hat and sunglasses and (laughs) lipstick, and then do other things. So maybe that's a trend. But I wish it would. um, I like. I would like to have that trend continue.
3: And what do you think of youth fashion today?
5: I love that. um, I see like, when I was a little bit younger, people who dyed their hair different colors and dressed a little bit alternative was an alternative thing. And so it was very easy for me to sort of find the people I thought I could connect with through style. Um, It seems like these days, like, things are a lot more free that a lot of people feel that freedom to um, express themselves. And I think that um, a lot of the, the play with gender and the fact that, you know, boys can wear girls' clothes and, um, you know, there's so many different um, ways that are more accepted in terms of the way that, like, people present themselves. I, I, I love that because, I mean, I was always putting on my grandmother's jackets when I was a kid. <laughs> I still wear a lot of my mom's, you know, 90s and 80s flashy things. <laughs>
4: I think that intergenerational energy is so important. So I really love to see how younger people dress. Like all of you here today, I love what you have on, and it's inspiring to me. When I grew up, and it was in the 50s, um, when we went to school, we couldn't wear pants, (laughs) except on Fridays. And so it's so different today. You have so many choices and so many options.
7: Why was
4: that? Just rules. Um, or maybe we were supposed to, as uh, females, yeah. look a certain way, a stereotypical way, yeah. that we would say, say today.
3: And hmm. what do you guys think about denim on denim?
5: <laughs> what do I think? I, hey, if it, were, it, it, it depends on what kind of denim on denim. There's so <laughs> many different kinds. Are you referring to... Uh, Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake yeah. from.
3: <laughs> I don't. Yeah,
5: that style is definitely coming back. That Y two K kind of thing. I don't know. I mean, I don't really judge people's fashion unless it seems it's forced. You know, like I really like to see people who. Um, are wearing something because they truly love it. And so I think if you feel confident about what you're wearing, that you can pull off so many things. I think that confidence mm-hmm. is a huge part of style.
4: I myself would wear denim on denim. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wasn't aware that it was something, it was a thing. Uh, I, um, But... Do you wear denim? Oh, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. I do sometimes, but you might not have ever seen me in denim. No. No. I have a few Instagram posts where I've worn denim, like maybe under a beaded dress or something. (laughs) And if you could be
3: any item of clothing, what would you be and why?
5: Good question. I would be a jeweled cape. (laughs) (laughs) because I love color and sparkle and it would keep me protected and um yeah and it's it's all I would need
4: (laughs) (laughs) you'll have to get one now
5: I think I have a few oh you probably do
4: (laughs) I would be of course headwear I adore headwear, I love all different kinds and shapes, and I even had a hat shop in the 80s, so now I have a hat room, and I love going in there, it's like an altar.
3: (laughs) (laughs) And the last question, but the most important question, Mm. is a hot dog a sandwich?
5: You're asking the wrong two people. We're both pretty... I'm a vegan, and and, and and she's vegetarian, pretty much vegan.
3: But if you were to choose, you get me, is hot dog a sandwich? Would you consider I it? I have
5: never had a hot sandwich? dog. Um, I mean, I, I think that anything between two pieces of bread can be a sandwich.
4: Yeah, I would think it was a sandwich. <laughs> yeah. That's a okay. great question. <laughs> <laughs> to end. You could put...
5: A- I, I put a lot of things in bread, so... <laughs> <laughs>
4: Okay,
5: carrot then. hot dogs yeah
4: mm-hmm. okay what, what
3: did
4: carrot you hot dogs? yeah that's true is hamburger
5: a sandwich
3: i don't know
5: is it i don't know <laughs> <laughs> is a burrito a sandwich i don't <laughs> think, <laughs> think so that's a that's a stretch
3: <laughs> yeah well thank you guys so much thank you thank you, thank you.
1: What up, y'all? We are back. Don't forget that you are listening to WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpin' Radio, broadcasting live from Studio Y Yolokali in Little Village. My name is Emmanuel, and that was, like, literally the best interview ever. I am so mad and blown because, no, a burrito is not a sandwich, but whatever, I'm going to get over it in the next hour. But I am joined here today with my next special guest. Hello. What's up? What up, y'all? So could you please tell the audience your name and age?
7: So I'm nine and I'm 21.
1: What up, nine? How's it going? (laughs) And could you please tell me the person you interviewed? Maybe a little bio for them, too?
7: Yeah, so Yaseline Silva, she's a powerful 13-year-old junior Olympic champion. And no doubt she has a super bright future ahead of
1: her. And what was, like, the process or what was going through your mind when you were coming up with the questions that you asked her?
7: So to start off, Yeseline is also an author, and she has a book published already on her career of boxing since she was seven up until now. So definitely part of the process was reading her book, which was awesome. I got to share the book with my little sister as well. So we were both reading it together. And, yeah, just kind of thinking about her as a, a... you know, a younger person in the boxing field, it kind of reminded me a little bit of myself when I was in high school also doing boxing. So, yeah, the the questions kind of became a little personal to me. So it was it was a little easy to um, get in tune with um, her life.
1: That's so cool. And could you tell me on a scale from stale to juicy? How was she?
7: Super juicy. Like so she <laughs> is so confident it, it was amazing. I was not expecting that. She's super friendly as well. Those
1: muscles um, were juicy. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and uh, what did you take out of the experience? And what was the biggest part of it?
7: The biggest part of it was probably how confident she is. She inspired me to like believe in myself a little bit as well. She is super outspoken. During her panel as well, she was super relaxed. So like I think I was just really observing how... She was um, navigating her environment around, you know, people who were interested in talking to her, interviewing her, taking pictures with her. And it was really nice to learn from her and how she goes about things.
1: That's so amazing. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for giving us a little insight on what we're about to listen to. I'm so excited. So hopefully you all listening enjoy this amazing interview with Jocelyn and stay tuned.
8: Hi, um, I'm Jocelyn Silva and I'm 13 years old and I'm a junior Olympic champion, number one in the nation. Awesome. So, how are you? I'm good. That's awesome.
7: Um, how's Chicago treating you so far?
8: It's really cold. It is really, really cold. Like, I was just walking to the hotel, my legs were like super cold. Really? Yeah, it's colder than Jersey. It's really cold. Cool.
7: We were just talking about people that run outside in this weather because we're yeah. looking at people. And we we're talking about how, like, we would never. Would <laughs> Do you think you'll be able to survive, like, a good run in this weather?
8: In this weather, it, probably, it will probably hurt my throat. Like, in school, when we do our lab for gym, like, it hurts my throat just running. Yeah, I feel that.
7: So what did you have for breakfast today?
8: Um, I had, I went to this place called Life Kitchen, and I had a blueberry oat smoothie, and uh, half of my dad's vegan burrito. Awesome. So... Like, what does your
7: daily diet consist of? Do you have to, like, stay healthy all the time, or do you have fun with it?
8: Um, I'm actually a vegan. I've been vegan for three years. But, like, we cheat with, like, pizza and, like, ice cream and stuff, but, like, not all the time. It's really cool, actually. Like, people think that vegan's, like, is boring diet, but, like, it's actually really fun. Like, you could find new things to eat and, like, how it tastes differently and stuff like that.
7: What's your favorite dish?
8: Uh, what's that called? A veggie burger. Awesome. Yeah, Cool. Can you tell me, like, a couple more cheat snacks that you like? Um, I like cake. I like cupcakes. I like, I like all the sweets. I like all the sweets. <laughs> awesome. So, yeah, let's
7: get to boxing. As a young person, what were some of your first memories of boxing that sparked your interest of, yes, this is what I want to do with my life?
8: Um, well, what sparked it really was, like, just seeing my dad do it, like, just for fun. Because, like, I'm always around my dad. I always wanted to be with my dad when I was little. Like, I wanted to go everywhere with my dad. So, like, when I saw him doing it, I really wanted to, like, pursue that, too. Like And then, like, after me doing it like, punching the bag and getting better fast, like, that's when I knew, like, this is something I really wanted to do. And I wanted to be, like, great at it. And when you're in the ring, can you describe, like, some of the thoughts and feelings that you get? And then you're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, when I'm actually in the fight, like, it's like you're just thinking about what you want to put on the person like what you want to hit them with what you want to like make them feel and like but like when you win you're like yeah like sometimes i stick my tongue out or like sometimes i do a dance or like like when i went to nationals we did like new jersey unite, like something like that oh, that's awesome.
7: yeah is that like a signature dance
8: like it became a, a signature thing this summer like because like we were taking a picture and this kid was like new jersey unite and we were like New Jersey, you know, <laughs> we started okay. doing that.
7: How is your boxing journey treating you so far?
8: Um, it's been great, actually. It's opened up a lot of doors for me, like, with this book and my documentary. It's opened up a lot. Um, I've been getting, like, a lot of, like, motivational messages and stuff from, like, people on Instagram and stuff and like that really mo- that really motivates me to like keep doing what i'm doing because like i see that i'm inspiring people to do it too and inspiring people to like pursue what they want to do how do you uplift your energy when you're feeling a little doubtful um i think about like my family and like people that like are really inspired and touched with what i do because like i understand that i'm motivating them so that gives me a motivation
7: how is it having your father as one of your main supports for your boxing career
8: It's different, like sometimes. Cause, like, when he wants to, like, help me train and stuff, like, he tells me, he tells me, like, right now I'm helping you train. Or, like, sometimes when he's in the gym, he'd be like, he'd be like, act like I'm not here. Like, act like I'm a ghost. You don't even see me. Cause, like, like, he doesn't want to get me, like, since he's my dad, like, I always want to be next to my dad. So, like, he's like, act like I'm not here. Do what you got to do. Stay focused. So like but sometimes that can be really hard for me. So like yeah. That reminds me of the
7: um your first time sparring. I read it in your book uh-huh. and then how you like wanted to like tap out a little bit. Yeah. I was like, wow, that's courage. Like I was like, she uh-huh. didn't tap out. Yeah. But you did it. So yeah. that's awesome. Um so what what is one of your most memorable experience in the ring, in like a fight or in general in the ring? That you're just like, Wow, that's one experience that is with me all the time?
8: Um I'm probably gonna say my first sparring and the junior olympics probably my first sparring because like i didn't give up at all like i just had that that desire to keep going and to keep pushing and be strong and also the junior olympics because that's when i became number one in the nation and like i didn't give up after losing the junior olympics as it states in my book and like after losing those tournaments i just didn't give up and like i made it to the number one spot if I want to get into boxing, what are
7: mm-hmm. some pointers that you would give a beginner? Um, anything that perhaps you wish you would have known before or just, you know, maybe some diets, some strategies?
8: Um, I'll probably tell you just don't give up. Just keep pushing. No matter what the coaches put you through, no matter what hard conditioning they put you through, no matter who they put you into spar, just keep going. Remember to keep your hands up. Protect yourself at all times because you want to have a nice, long career. You don't want to get hurt. Um, and also just like protect yourself and just stay focused. Keep pushing because you can't play in boxing. Boxing, if you want to do boxing, you really have to stay serious. What do you wish to see more of in the boxing field? Um, I would like to see more girls wanting to get into it because I know they're scared because like they want to protect themselves and like they're scared and like guys always do it and blah, blah, blah and all that. But like I just hope that changes and like girls and females that are boxing now get more acknowledgement and yeah, get paid better for what they do because like we're doing the same thing as the guys do. We're putting ourselves out there, we're putting our lives on the line, and we're working just as hard too. So, we don't play this, girls don't play this, guys don't play this, so I just hope that changes. Everybody gets known, everybody gets paid, everybody does what they gotta do. Does
3: it ever not
8: hurt? <laughs> what? Boxing? Yeah. No. It doesn't hurt. I don't think so. Like my adrenaline's pumping, pumping in there. I don't feel nothing. My dad's always like, Did you feel that? No. What are you talking about? I didn't feel nothing. I didn't feel nothing. What is the first thing you're gonna do
7: when you win the twenty twenty four Olympics?
8: Um first thing I'm gonna do. Um I don't know, probably celebrate go to my favorite restaurant, Cheesecake Factory, eat my veggie burger, <laughs> um, celebrate with the family, and then back to the gym. <laughs> yeah, I was just about
0: to tell you to describe
8: to me your perfect champion meal. Um, my perfect meal, probably some my grandma's cooking, And then my veggie burger because i always have to have that i have to have my veggie burger
7: moving away a little bit from the ring um what other sports do you enjoy or participate in
8: um i do wrestling and i'm about to try out for the basketball team i did basketball when i was like younger but not seriously but like i want to do it again just for fun and i did track i want to do volleyball too volleyball is really fun i want to do that
3: Nice.
8: in the beginning of your book i also recall that you
7: mentioned you would draw Uh, What Mm -hmm. other hobbies do you partake in? Do you still draw?
8: Yeah, I still draw. I like to draw a lot. Um, I like to write, too. I like to write a lot. I just like doing sports, too. I like playing lots of sports. Um, I like playing video games, such as Fortnite, with my cousins and my brother. And I like to play NBA 2K. I guess like video games, reading, and writing are all my hobbies. What do you write about? Um, I just like to write like sometimes what I'm doing in the day or just like stories, like I just like writing stories, like fictional stories. What is a piece of advice that you would give to your older self? My older self? Mm -hmm. Um, Just keep doing what you're doing. Like You you already did so much as a young kid, just don't stop now, because like a lot of people look up to you ever since you were younger. Um, And no matter what hits you, no matter what obstacles you see, no matter no matter what happens just keep pushing like just use all that as motivation what happens to you because like life isn't always going to be a smooth journey just keep pushing are you a dog person or a
7: cat person (laughs) i like
8: dogs Yeah. (laughs) yeah my grandma has two dogs i love dogs to close it up um the final and most
7: important question do you consider a hot dog a sandwich
8: Yeah, I guess. Because, like, it's like two pieces of bread and then there's the hot dog. (laughs) So, yeah, I guess it's a sandwich. Cool. Well, thank you so much. No problem. Thank you
1: hey y'all what's up don't forget that you're listening to wlpn lp chicago 105.5 fm lumpen radio broadcasting live from studio y yolo in little village my name is emmanuel and welcome back to the chicago humanities festival show hey hey so we're already past the first half hour but we got three more amazing interviews left so just stay tuned and listen to them, educate yourself, and inspire yourself. So I'm here with my next amazing YOLO. Hello, how are you?
9: Hello, my name is Jerry.
1: Um, and how are you doing, Jerry?
9: Good, I'm, I'm good. Thank you for having me here, Manu.
1: So you already said your name. Could you please tell us how old you are?
9: Uh, I'm 23.
1: <laughs> um, that's young. Why are you hesitating? Um, and could you please tell me the person that you interviewed?
9: I was able to interview Damon Locks. He's a performing artist, artist, teacher. He's a man of many talents. He makes music, but he also composes like little tracks and beats for, for his and samples for his
1: for his music as well. So he does like all sorts of things. On a scale from stale to juicy, how would you describe him?
9: Him as a person, I believe juicy. He has, he's a, he's a man of many talents. He does a lot of things. He's an educator. He's an instructor, but also he's a performing artist. And I feel like a person who can a person of many talents and can collaborate with many people then you know that person is very interesting and Man, he's a very interesting person
1: that's inspiring yeah um and how did you feel being a young journalist that interviewed somebody with such like fame and money and power well i
9: <laughs> i feel like he has connections and he has a lot of he has a lot of talent and as a journalist i mean they just someone who is Speaking with someone, you know, it really opens my eyes on the things that we could do, you know, like as a journalist, we always often have to ask the question like, oh, what do you do? What is your profession? You know, something to get to know uh, another person's identity or background knowledge of who they are through either through work, education or, you know, through their own little hobbies that they do and and whatever they do just either, you know, for work or just because they they have fun doing so. And him as a person, uh, it made me really think about the things that I could do with my time. Yeah, I could do, you know, always uh, do radio production or audio production, you know, editing stuff or writing stuff, but I could do way more with my time. And that's something that he made me in a way realize because um, when I first met him, it was like two years ago, uh, two years back, and I just knew him as a as an instructor for music. So I thought, oh, he's just in a way like me, you know, he could, he just does... He does samples. He teaches music, and then he teaches it to 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 the teens in the South Side of Chicago. I met him now recently, and he does way much more things. And it's like, whoa! How do you how how are you able to manage all of that? And how were you able to do all of that? And oftentimes, we had a little conversation before the interview, and he mentioned like, oh, it just starts small. You know, if you have a question, follow that question, and it's just a curiosity thing that keeps developing. You know, at first you think, oh yeah, I'm just gonna learn how to edit this and cut this. Yeah. You learn the basics, but then it just keeps developing. And that's something that uh, I really caught. That is something that really caught my attention from him.
1: That's great. You said so much and I'm so excited to (laughs) hear it now because he seems like somebody that like really has inspired you. And um, as much or as little as you know about him, it's important to like, you know, hear about those kind of people and even meet those kinds of people because they can really influence your life and your work ethic and your art. So that's really dope. So hopefully y'all stay tuned and enjoy the interview. What
9: mediums and tools do you use for your creativity?
10: Um, I use all the mediums, you know, I use um, drum machines and samplers and ink and paper and, you know, screen prints. You know, whatever whatever the project needs, that's what I use. How do you use music and sounds to incorporate the messages you're projecting? Well, I mean, music has often contained messages and I think that music is a great way to help kind of get people a message because music unlike talking, music like connects to a different part of your brain. Like you don't know why you love a melody, you just do. It doesn't have to be realistic, it doesn't have to sound like a car, art needs to be realistic, it doesn't need to be realistic, but people have this expectation of like, what is it like compared to reality, right, but luckily with music, there's no reality in music, so it connects in a different part of your brain, and so if you put messages and attach it to that, then it gets, um, those messages get access to a different part of your brain. What are a
9: few of your treasured instruments?
10: My treasured instruments mostly are my drum machines and
9: sampler. I also love boomboxes. Okay, you work around with sounds and music. Do you have any favorite sounds? Favorite sounds? Um,
10: I like horn blasts. You know, when you have a sampler and you're like
9: bam, bam, bam. That's, that's a lot of fun. Daniela Kali, we love music. What kind of favorite albums do you recommend for us to listen to? Well, that's a. There's a. Um,
10: record that just got reissued, uh, Peru Negra, which is fantastic, old black Peruvian music. Um, Also, um, Black Rhythm Happening by Eddie Gale is a fantastic record. As an educator, how is it working with teens? I I love working with youth, they're just like me, but younger. (laughs) Um, But no, it's great to, to throw out ideas and see what comes of it and listen to ideas and see if we can make stuff of it, it's a lot of fun.
9: When you're trying to be creative, what's one method you do to get into that
10: zone? I'm mostly I listen to music, like I just deeply listen to music. Or I might watch a movie too, but mostly it's listening to
9: music. If Damon Locks was a food, what would Damon Locks be? Hmm, just a tough one.
10: Maybe. Hmm, um, it would probably be a dessert. It might be a baked good. You know. Okay. If I, if it something that was named after me,
9: it'd probably be a baked good. Is a hot dog a sandwich? No. What do you
1: think it is? It's a hot dog. Hey, guys, what's up? We're back. And don't forget that you're listening to WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpin' Radio, broadcasting live from Studio Y Yolokali here in Lil' Village. Hey, hey, and I'm back with the Chicago Humanities Festival show. Hopefully you guys just enjoyed that amazing interview with Damon Locks, and I'm here with my next amazing, special, spectacular YOLO guest. Hello, how are you? Hello. Uh, could you please uh, tell me your name and your age?
0: Uh, my name is Melissa, and I'm 17 years old. Oh, yep.
1: Melissa, dang. <laughs> and could you tell me who is the person that you interviewed?
0: I, I interviewed Henry Rollins, and so he's done a lot of stuff. Um, he's a former... Member from Black Flag, he's also done a lot of journalism. He goes around the world and like does a lot of like human rights stuff. Yeah. Yeah, think, yeah.
1: that's really awesome. And mm-hmm. what was it like to meet him?
0: Oh, it was really nice. I mean I've I've been a fan of his and like my dream was fulfilled just to meet him. <laughs> Super cool, yeah.
1: Um on a scale from scale on a scale on from a stale sale, <laughs> Oh on a scale from stale to juicy, how would you describe him?
0: super juicy super juicy super juicy <laughs> yeah super cool dude i don't know like one of the i think one of the best people to have a conversation with definitely
1: that's really dope to hear being that you're a young journalist how were you impacted by in- being able to interview him
0: so i remember during the um, during the interview i asked him it was like or actually i don't really remember but um he said something about like doing whatever you want to do do like just follow your dreams or do whatever you're going to do because at the end of the day you're not you're not doing it for anyone you're doing it for yourself and i think that's really stuck to me because i'm like a lot of the stuff i want to do right now i should be doing it for myself not for others and all that so yeah
1: That's really amazing. I'm really excited to hear, I'm super pumped, and hopefully if he inspired you, he can inspire the entire audience. Yes. So thank (laughs) you so much for being here and giving us some insight into what we're about to listen to, and hopefully you, audience, all enjoy this amazing interview with Henry
6: Rollins, and we'll be right back.
0: How were your ears as a teen?
6: For me, they were uh, really tough. I didn't really enjoy being a teenager until I was about 18, 19, like when I graduated from high school in 1979, and I was living out in the world, that was great. And, and so 18 and 19 were okay, the rest of it was pretty tough. I, I went to an all-boys school that I did not enjoy, and I was very insecure, and going to an all-boys school and wanting to meet girls made it really difficult because you had no practical interaction with them. Mm-hmm. And so that was, that was a bummer. And home life was not all that joyful, and so I look back at those years, until I got out of the house in the summer of '79. I look back on all of that; it was, it was pretty damn miserable. The only thing that really got me through was music.
0: Would you say it was like hard to be a boy in your generation, or just like
6: I can't, I can't think it was especially hard being a boy. It's just hard in my particular setup with uh, five days a week with my mom, two days a week with my dad, going to a, a prep school that I did not like, that was way far away from where I lived. So it was, uh, get up very early in the morning, go to a different world of like sheetrock mansion nightmare, and then coming back to the city of Washington, DC. It was just not enjoyable. So I, as a male, I can't really speak to it. As me, Henry, the skinny guy on Ritalin, it was fairly awful. <laughs>
0: Would you like to be a teen in this generation?
6: So basically, would I like to be 17 in 2019? Yeah. No.
0: Why? Why?
6: Because I've had a long time to not be young. And I'm not saying it's no good to be young now.
0: Uh huh.
6: But I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't be able to tell you the stories that I can tell you. And all my favorite stories in my life are music related. And so if I was a teenager now I couldn't say the time I saw Led Zeppelin they were great and I did and they were yeah <laughs> or when Didi Dee, Dee Ramone sweated on me the first time I saw the Ramones he did and it was great <laughs> and so and I'm not saying new bands these days are bad I buy those records too but I feel really lucky to be born and raised where I was when I was and adulthood is no bad thing whatsoever I think though that the differences, for me it was like 1970-something when I was a teenager, I think the differences between 1970-something and 2019 are profound. The internet, what a young person can see in high definition on their phone was never anything that I was able to experience. And I'm not a prude, but I think that there's some adult content that is not really good for a young person to see and bring that into how they're being socialized and culturalized as a young person. And I think there's a danger there, where they're seeing, well, this is normal. No, actually, it's, it's really misogynistic. And that's not how you should treat someone. And so I think there's a lot. Of, if I was a parent in 2019 with a 15-year-old, I'd be like, well, do I get in trouble if I keep the kid welded in a cage until he's 45? Because there's just a lot of opportunity for things to go off the rails. Where when I was young, there was just not nearly that kind of opportunity.
3: Mm-hmm.
6: I think young people will be fine. I'm just saying there's a lot of information out there that's pretty heavy duty.
0: So I have this question for you, saying, like social media and all that. Like how would you improve this generation?
6: Well, when you see statistics that say that literacy levels are dropping in, a, in the United States, that's, that's, a, that's terrifying. Uh, people need to know how to read. I mean, educated people make really good choices most of the time. And so I would really be stressing, and this is nothing new, I'd be the education. I mean, if I was president, I'd be the education president. I'd be like, we're defunding this, don't need any more tanks. We need more books and we need more laptops on, sc- on, on desks and we need more kids in the school because that's how you make better choices. There's your border security. There's your uh, anti-terrorist thing, smart people. And that's how you make a cleaner, better, smarter end of this century. And so I think that's what you know concerns me and alarms me in this country. And the meanness of getting to be anonymous online where you can Facebook someone into a state of low self-esteem. And a young person who feels bad about themselves when their hormones are raging and they're changing as they're growing, I think a lot of bad things can happen. And so I'm not trying to sound like some old prude, but I think America is a great place. The United States is a great place. And I think currently there's a lot to lose. And when you see literacy, the literacy rates dropping, that's a sign that we need to reprioritize expenditure, and what the president should be saying and where he should be leaning his priorities. I don't see as, I was hoping for his wife to step in, she's, she's not, she's letting me down. And so those would be my, my concerns.
0: I totally agree with that.
6: You can never go wrong with more education.
0: No, yeah, totally. It's what
6: my mom did for a living. She worked in the government trying to get public education systems to deliver better. So imagine her disappointment.
0: I mean, recently in Chicago, we had, like, the strike for yes. teachers. Yes, resolved today, right? Yeah, yeah, yesterday. 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 Yeah, it resolved when I
6: got in yesterday, yeah.
0: I personally think that's really impactful because I know for me, like, we don't have much resources. And, like, teachers put a lot of time in what we're learning.
6: And it's only the future. Why wouldn't you, why would any teacher or any student say there's not enough of, like, really? If, if it was, if I got to boss around that money, I'd just be asking teachers, like, what, what, do, you, you what, want, what do you need? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, how, how do you really make this, this place really cook? And they go, well, we need this, this, and this. Like, let's go. Like, are you kidding? Let's go. And when you see where the money goes, you're like, wow, we're, we're going to really be at a great disadvantage at the end of this century. If we keep this up, yeah, I think I- things will change. Uh, I'm very optimistic. I think certain things are temporary. But the way it looks now, there's people who are in charge of things who see these statistics and somehow they're not bothered. Or maybe they, that's how they want it to go.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's... That's distressing. Yeah, the system is, like, totally bogus in that, and I just think it's really unfair. Absolutely. I would think you would want to educate the generation more, so further on we would educate more.
6: Well, the, and the, the question to ask, maybe, is why wouldn't you? Like, like, what would be the advantage of not? And when you have the prison industrial complex and the military industrial complex, when, when your two main, two main revenue streams are the battlefield and the prison cell, why would you want a bunch of smart people? Because they don't rob liquor stores as often. When they they'll look at a war and go, ah, that one looks illegal. Actually, you know what? I'm not going. And that's what that's the kind of choices smart people make. So if you're, if two major revenue streams depend someone on semi you know a f- fractional information like yeah man, 9/11 what. Maybe that's why if you're looking for the, if you're Halliburton, if you're Kellogg, Brown and Root or Boeing, you're looking at trillions of dollars in the end of the century and where to carve new borders. Maybe that's why you want an uneducated electorate, you know, as Jefferson turns in his grave. But if I was one of those people, that's why I'd want a poorly educated electorate. So I could say, they're the bad guys. I need you, you farm boys to go fight this. Okay, man. (laughs) That was easy. And that's why, I, you know, so I always, whenever you, get, you see a, a big obvious question like that, I'd go, i play devil's advocate. Well, if I was the bad guy, how, where would I be getting out of this? And then it, you follow the money, always. It's a great time saver.
0: Yeah. Well, on a brighter note, you know, um, what do you like doing in your free time?
6: I listen to music as much as I can. And I'm a busy person. Quite often a lot of work I do, I can't have music on, mm-hmm. it's very quiet work. And so whenever I can, I put a record on. So that's, that's, uh, that's when I'm in my happy place.
0: Okay, so what were one of your like favorite records as a teen?
6: A record I listen to every Friday, I'll be listening to it uh, tomorrow, November 1st, Friday, <laughs> is the third album by The Damned, it's called Machine Gun Etiquette. It's been one of my favorite records for 40 years. And I have some of the actual uh, real artwork from the record framed in my home. And I've pestered half of the band to give me free stuff for years from that record. And they keep saying, get away from me. And so uh, uh, that's just one of my favorite records. I I listen to, uh, there's a lot of David Bowie records I play on almost weekly basis. And a couple of records by a guy named Iggy Pop, who means a lot to me. I listen to uh, the third Stooges album, Raw Power, probably every five days. So I listen to that record maybe about 50 times a year.
0: The Dow was a great great band, I'm just saying. Fantastic. Good people, too. Yes. What is the talent you wish you had or something you wish you could improve in?
6: A thing in, in the world? I wish I could improve or in America or of, of myself.
0: Yourself. Let's go with yourself.
6: I wish I was more patient. Actually, I don't. I think <laughs> Well, I think impatience leads to good things. Like, you know, like, let's go. And so uh, let, let's scratch that out. Uh, I wish I could be a, a better listener. People don't talk fast enough for me. I want everything to go at kind of double time. So when someone is taking their time, rolling it out, I'm like, really? We're dying over here. Let's go. And so I wish I, had, uh, I, I was a- able to focus a little better when it's time to listen. I'm getting better in my old age.
0: <laughs> Let's go back to your teen years. So who did you look up to when you were a teenager?
6: I, I looked up to my best friend, Ian MacKay from the band Fugazi and Minor Threat. And we've been best friends since we were 12. And he's about a year younger than me, so he was my younger older brother. And I still kind of look up to him in a lot of ways. He was like, he made, he's the one who made sense amongst, you know, my friends and I. Uh, As a young person, I always looked up to Muhammad Ali. And the more I learned about him, the more I liked him. And those would be two people I remember from being young. And this sounds really weird. And it, you being young, it might not mean anything to you. But when I was young, as a teenager, I looked up in a way to Ted Nugent. The, thank you. Um, and you have to really ignore kind of any time he opens his mouth because he just says some really tragic stuff. And what I've even said to him, Ted, you really got to lose that part. But he's one of the best guitar players I've ever seen. And he was in the Detroit scene with the, the Stooges, Iggy Pop, and the MC5, and Mitch Ryder, and the Detroit Wheels. And he he's really from that. And he was part of the arena rock world that I explored as a teenager, pay your 12 bucks and go see Aerosmith, that would brag about not drinking and not doing drugs. Because you'd open up Cream Magazine and all these bands would t- t- brag about how much they drank. And You know, it, David Lee Roth and his like sly Mark Twainian cocaine jokes about skiing in the summer or whatever. And I'd go see those bands play, but the best of all of them was Ted Nugent. He was like one of the best, one of the best hard-rocking bands I've ever seen. And he talked about his big high was rock and roll and ginger ale. And I was like, wow. And that was one of the first inspirations for what became known as the straight edge movement. Yeah, the straight yeah. <laughs> edge was Ted Nugent. And I actually I told him that twice. The first time he kind of blew me off, but the second time I, I, I broke it down for him and he kind of gave me, like, oh, that's pretty cool. And that was a, a term that, it, when you go into the dictionary now, is defined as a youth movement that eschews drug or alcohol. Ian MacKay coined the phrase and made it into a song.
0: Minor yeah.
6: But we got it from going to see Ted Nugent shows. And so by the time I was 17, I'd see Ted Nugent every time he came to the Washington, D.C. area. And it was always a great show, until Van Halen blew him off stage in 79. And I've told David Lee Roth that story, and Henry told me exactly how many people came to the show and how much they made in merch that night. Anyway, the Nuge I kind of looked up to because he was a wild man, and he got high on rock and roll and ginger ale. And we actually were able to find a dusty six pack of Werner's ginger ale at a wine and cheese shop in Washington, D.C., Verner's ginger ale. And Ian and I, we drank it lukewarm. We were so eager to hear what to, to taste, see what it t- tasted like. We didn't even put it in the refrigerator. We blew the dust off. It had dust on it. Because in Washington, it's an import item. And we're like, the elixir! The Ted Nugent drink system. we take it like, okay, it's ginger ale, whatever. But he's one of the main reasons uh, that we didn't drink or get high in school was because the nuge didn't. And I don't know if he really understands the impact he had on some of us. So he's a guy I looked up to and then just kind of... My adult life just kind of wonder why he said that, and that, and that, and that, and that.
0: What gives you motivation to keep going online?
6: I'm motivated by anger, I'm and curiosity, and mortality. I have no spiritual beliefs. There's no afterlife for me. So, And I know I don't feel the same as I did when I was 19. I know I look the same, but I don't feel the same. <laughs> and so I, I want to basically do what I want to do while I still can get up without going, ah! And so... I try and keep a vigorous schedule because I'm, I'm mad at the things I don't know. I'm kind of angry at the fact that I haven't been to that country, that country, or that country. And so my anger fuels my curiosity. My curiosity fuels my anger. And it's not anger like I, I kick a dog or punch a hole in the wall. I just, want to, I just want to know and do stuff. So anger and curiosity, it's not money. Money doesn't inspire me, nor does fame or acclaim. It's like I want to do stuff. And it, you're young. I'm older than you. Trust me on this, it goes really fast and it, time will pick up speed. Like right now every day is like a, a knot of rope through your nose, like ow, ow, ow. You hit your 20s and you're 30 in about 20 minutes. 30 to 40 is like a day and suddenly you're 50. You're like, whoa. And if you don't use that time really well, the cart gets ahead of the horse and you're in woulda, coulda, shoulda mode because rent turns into mortgage and hey, I like you, turns into family, and things get really real. And so if there's countries you want to go to and things you want to do, I would recommend you start prepping that bucket list and really aim to start checking those boxes. And it takes a lot of oomph to get out there and do whatever it is you want to do. Because suddenly, you'll see that a lot of your life is behind you. I'm not trying to be tragic. I'm just saying that um, it goes really fast. And I'd like to think that I've used my life... I'd like to think that life will be happy when I'm dead because I keep whipping this every day with a stick. And so uh, that's how I try and live.
0: Very serious question going on. Is a hot dog a sandwich?
6: Uh, wow, I haven't had one for a long time. Yeah, since it has bread and a meaty filling, I'll go with sandwich.
0: you go with sandwich? I'm going to go
6: with sandwich. Like a tomato's a fruit? I mean, <laughs> is, is that a regional thing? Is that a Chicago thing? And uh, I Man, I forgot what a hot dog tastes like. It just looks kind of undoable. I just, you know, I know enough about slaughterhouses. (laughs) Hey
1: guys, what's up? We are back, and don't forget that you are listening to WLPN LP Chicago, 105.5 FM Lumpin Radio, broadcasting live from Studio Y, Yolo Kali, and Little Village. My name is Emmanuel, and that was a very long but inspiring interview that we all just listened to. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did, and I wish exactly... Like, all the inspirations he had growing up, they are nothing like mine. I got Nicki Minaj, Beyonce. I got all these bad people. And he had, like, the geniuses. So I guess he became his inspirations, which we should all aspire to accomplish. But anyways, on to our last and final interview that we had was done by oh my god our special guest hello welcome what up y'all my name is emmanuel how y'all doing i'm 16 years old that's amazing emmanuel and could you please tell me who it is that you interviewed you know man like i interviewed george R. R. martin you know Liddy poppin he's known for writing a bunch of short stories and novels but you know the biggest one of them all the banger the hit was game of thrones you know Liddy poppin like roar and you know he's just such an inspirational person he like is a genius and a nerd and he's like fiction science fantasy universe he like is in his own dimension he's on his own throne and like you know it's just that that is so amazing emmanuel and could you please tell me the process of coming up with the questions that you asked him Yeah, sure. Um, So the kind of questions that I asked were like, you know, what was your youthhood like? Um, What kind of things did you do when you were younger? Some crazy questions like, you know, the things the youth need answered. So I just tried to stay away from everything that had to do with what he was known for, like his books, the movies he's been a part of, the music, the everything, you know, the celeb lifestyle. And I just wanted to know who George was, like, Who are you, George? Knock, knock, knock. So I just tried to, you know, ask him questions that were out of this universe that he had never known and never even thought of. So yeah, that was my process. That's amazing, wow. So what did you take away from the interview? Well, you know, like, I think I need to read more. He is really smart. And I've, yeah, my, if there was like, a diagram showing how many books he's read and I have, it would, it would tip and the scale would break. So, like, I just need to read more. I need to put myself out there more. And, you know, he's a great example that art takes time because, not to say anything, but, you know, art takes time and we need to just put ourselves in our own spaces and work on art as long as we need to. You know, but there's only so long until, you know, the checks run low. But, you know, it's, uh, take, take your time for your art and you do what makes you proud and what makes you happy. That is so amazing. So I can't wait to get into this amazing interview with George R.R. Martin. Hopefully all of you audience members enjoy. Also, shout out to y'all that is on the Yolo Kali Facebook live stream. Shout out to all of y'all. And if you're not, you know, shout out to y'all. Listen to On the FM, too. And let's just get right into it. So hopefully y'all enjoy. And I see your high-tech recording devices. (laughs) Get out of the way in time. To begin with, I just want to like kind of break the ice, get some cool vibes going. So I have some very crucial and imperative questions the youth in Chicago need answered. Oh dear. So to begin with, you have to choose one, Cheetos or Takis?
2: Um, Cheetos, although I'd prefer Cheese Doodles, which is the New York area variety of Cheetos.
1: Okay, I'll have to go to New York and try them. Uh, next question, Nicki Minaj or Cardi B? Um,
2: I think you're way too Are you contemporary familiar? for me. Uh, no, not really. Not really. You know, for, I think for me it's like the Beatles or the Rolling Stones, <laughs> in which case the Beatles.
1: <laughs> if you had like a specific word to describe food that's known here in Chicago, such as the Chicago hot dog, the deep dish, um, what would that word be?
2: My favorite Chicago food, the word would be opa. for Greek food in Greek towns. Flaming Cheese, Saganaki. Opa! Opa.
1: <laughs> Is there something could you tell me something that you do every single day?
2: Um every single day I have coffee in the morning.
1: Next one might be a bit difficult for you to answer, but you have to choose one. Would you choose DC Universe or Marvel Comics?
2: Oh Marvel, definitely. Make mine Marvel. I was a fanboy started first published work of mine was in Fantastic Four number 20, letter to the editor. Oh, really? Dear Stan and Jack, yeah.
1: (laughs) That's so dope. So what would you say was like your most favorite Marvel character of them all? Uh,
2: You know, as much as I love the Fantastic Four, which is the one I started, I'd have to go with Spider-Man. Spider-Man and I were, were, you know, we were were kids together, man. Peter Parker and I were in high school together. And somehow now I'm I'm an old man, and he's still in high school. I don't understand it. But, uh, you know, we were in high school together. We graduated high school the same year. We both went to college at the same time. But Peter went back in time.
1: And if you could live in one of these three universes, which would you choose, Futurama, Stranger Things, or Rick and Marty?
2: I have to go with Futurama. I, 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 I still hope to, you know... Not I Have my head in a in a tube. I hope they don't put me next to Nixon though, uh, on the shelf there in Futurama. But uh, I wouldn't mind being a future f- a head in a in a in a glass jar in Futurama.
1: What do you think about the word nerd?
2: It's interesting you should ask that. I was just doing a, a interview this morning, a podcast this morning, the the uh, nerd podcast, and we talked about that very point. You know, nerd, when I was uh, a kid, was was a pejorative. It was something the bullies uh, called you. Nerd and geek, and they were bad things. And now they've become good things. People are proudly saying, I'm a nerd, uh, or I'm a geek. I'm not quite clear what's the difference between a nerd and a geek. They were both bad things to be called when I was a kid. But uh, now they seem to have developed two distinctly good identities. Mm -hmm.
1: And would you consider yourself a nerd?
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. They, they established that publishing a letter in Fantastic Four number 20 alone certifies my nerd <laughs> credentials for all time, I'm afraid. Do you know anybody that out-nerds you? I, I do. You wouldn't know who they are, but, yeah, I have a few friends who are even nerdier than I am.
1: And everything that exists, like, in science fiction culture, is there anything that you wish, like... I wish I would have come up with that
2: well there are books I wish I wish I had written that are written by you know some of the great science fiction writers of the past works that uh, still astonish me with their power uh, a lot of the work of Rogers Zelazny, nine princes and amber Lord of light um, Alfred bester's the stars my destination um, a lot of the work of HP Lovecraft which terrifies me but I'm not crazy enough to write like HP Lovecraft um, I don't know I a single idea, though. Um, I mean, I've, I've science fiction stories borrow from each other and build on each other. So I don't even know who invented, like, hyperdrive or warp drive or these various drives that are necessary to get us to the stars. But whoever did that, really, uh, that was a great contribution to make. The time machine, that was H.G. Wells, that was a great contribution to make. We can just build on these things that other people have come up with.
1: I know that you have like such a love for dragons, so I wanna know where do you get your dragon essentials, such as leashes, food, poop bags? <laughs> well, you you have
2: to depend on your castle personnel to make that, you know, you have uh, leather workers in the castles and blacksmiths, and uh, they'll make you the, the proper chains and so forth. You have to, you know, have to go to them. And There's no dragons or us.
1: No. <laughs> What is the most rebellious thing that you did as a teen?
2: Oh, boy the most rebellious thing I ever did as a teen that's a hard one I, I was not a I was not a rebellious teen by the most part I was uh, I was a pretty good kid I probably when I quit the school paper because they censored one of my uh, articles the the faculty advisor thought one of my pieces was too strong and I said, I'm not going to stand for this. I'm out of here. <laughs> so I walked, right on, walked out on the school paper in my senior year. What's
6: the article
2: about? Oddly enough, it was about school spirit of all the stupid <laughs> things <laughs> in the world.
6: <laughs> well,
1: about they regret dropping you.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> they don't even recall. And it was a long time ago and uh, in a different world. But, uh,
1: yeah. This is also like, confused scientists for years is a hot dog a sandwich no it's not why Why would you say it's
2: a hot dog it's different (laughs) if you say i want a sandwich and they give you a hot dog you're not satisfied you didn't want that hot dog is hot dog it has its own
1: identity and would you say a chicago hot dog is different from all the rest of the hot dogs
2: Yeah, it's pretty distinctive. It's pretty distinctive. I think it's radioactive with that (laughs) relish that glows green, you know. You could probably find your way through a a dark cavern with the glow of uh, that relish. Uh, But it's pretty cool.
1: And to end it, what would you say is your current mood right now?
2: Well, I'm about to go on in front of thousands of people, so it's uh, always a little uh, nervous when I do that. Once I get on, I'll be fine, but I always have a few butterflies before I go on.
1: Well, I can't wait to see it. Yeah,
2: it should be fun. It'd be fun. So thank you all. Thank
1: you. Thank you. Hey, guys. What's up? We're back. And don't forget that you are listening to WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpin' Radio, broadcasting live from Studio Y, Yolo Kali, and Little Village. My name is Emmanuel, and I'm so glad that you all stuck with us for the entire hour of amazing interviews from inspiring artists, athletes, innovators, authors, and artists. Just amazing creators. I hope you were all inspired and empowered because this 30th time of the Chicago Humanities Festival was all about power and I know the youth here at Yolo Kali were given so much opportunity and power and I'm so thankful and I'm also 100% positive that all the other youth here at Yolo Kali were so inspir- inspired and empowered after these amazing um, artists and inspired inspiring interviews (laughs) that's all i can say so i hope you all enjoyed them you learned so much about your favorite people and thank you all for tuning in for this amazing hour but don't forget next hour we have la mesita so stay tuned but don't forget that you're listening to wlpn lp chicago 105.5 fm lumpen radio broadcasting live from studio y yolo kali and little village my name was emmanuel and peace
3: hello
0: Or visit at yolokaliartsreach.org for more.